Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. going to be talking about our favorite moments from 2017 in the hockey world and unfortunately there were no college games this week so um, you know we can't really have a lot of college material but there are a lot of world junior going on so um, that's always a plus right but just a reminder if you want to call in and talk to us our number here is 646-668 Again, apologize for the late start. Just had a little issue on my personal end here. So without further ado, because we're already running like 10 minutes late, I'm going to go ahead and bring Jimmy on. Hey, Jimmy. You you forgot to mention Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com, Blog Talk this, Blog Talk that. Yeah. um, Stay out of my (laughs) cruise this, stay out of my cruise that. You know, I, really? I usually get a lot of I usually get a lot of like pregame time like prep before I have to actually <laughs> talk to you. Yeah, well, unfortunately, my MacBook decided to take a little uh, poo poo and would not connect to the internet. So therefore, I'm rushing around and I'm calling our buddy Chris and I'm like, Chris, can you at least get me on the air? Um, Chris, thank you so much for your help. And um, so I ended up having to use Kyle's tablet in order to do for this show. It's amazing. Well, I, we both know that I have no, I have none of the technology skills in order to be able to put the show on the on the air. So um, we've proven that a couple of times when you haven't been able to do it, and it's like, okay, well then we're just not going to be able to do it because Jimmy can't do it at all. So, um, but <laughs> you know. It is what it is, you know, and one day I'll figure that out and I'll figure out what it looks like behind the curtain. But for right now, it's the Wizard of Oz to me. So, Right. And it's perfectly okay, trust me. Um, we have a couple of other laptops around the house here and whatnot, but oh my goodness, uh, the one's a dinosaur and I couldn't even get it to load Windows Explorer. So I just finally gave up, asked the hubby for his tablet, and here we are. <laughs> So, did you have a good Christmas? I did have a great Christmas, actually. I went to my um, parents' house on Saturday, and then I went back again on Monday. And it was was fantastic. Um, uh, Saturday was with um, my my, um, two youngest daughters were there. And then I went back on Monday, and my, my son and... My brother was actually there, and um, his family was there too. So 
it was it was kind of nice. It was like um, Christmas in waves for my mother, and it was fun <laughs> because I, I'm not sure she handled it very very well um, from an emotional standpoint. But I know from an emotional standpoint, she was really happy to have two Christmases this year instead of one. That's awesome. I am. Uh, I'm so glad that you know you had such a great Christmas, and I know you. Grandpa enjoyed having two Christmas dinners, so that's always a plus. Yeah, well, Dad likes Dad likes to have like if Dad could have Christmas dinner every day, he would have Christmas dinner every day. So, um, but no, it was great, and um, my uh, my um, uh, my sister's um, husband Robert. Um, he did a phenomenal job on cooking as well as, well as my mother did. And it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. And it's, and it's in Wisconsin and you got to drive by a lot of frozen ponds in order to see, um, their part of Wisconsin. So, which is really, which is really neat and really nifty. And, you know, and, um, prior to that, like on Thursday, um, on my way to work, I mean, I drive by a lot, a lot of small lakes and small ponds and stuff on, um, on my way to work. And, you know, you could see, cause the kids are out of school. So you could see the kids out there skating and they're, they're playing hockey, you know, they've got it shoveled off the, you know, the, and I, I know you don't know this Kimmy, but that's a normal thing here. Um, they, uh, they have it shoveled off and, and, you know, and they have the nets up and stuff and, you know, and it's a lot of fun, but, Yesterday, when I on my way home, I didn't see a whole lot of that because it was like three below, and right. you know, I don't care how good of a hockey fan or hockey player you are, um, you're not going to play a whole lot in when it's that cold. Right. Oh, I wouldn't expect them to. But you know, it's interesting because I did learn something about the state of Minnesota this weekend. Um, who says NHL Network is not a wealth of information? Because I ended up watching um, the anniversary of the first Winter Classic. And um, so they were talking about how kids in Wisconsin and Minnesota, they have to shovel the snow off. Well, if everybody remembers the first um, Winter Classic against Buffalo and Pittsburgh, it was snowing so hard that and if you talk to some of the players that came from Minnesota, they were like, oh, yeah, this is normal. We're used to skating in snow. It's just the puck doesn't bounce. It just stops. And so I was learning about that as I was watching, you know, about the first Winter Classic. So I was like, wow. And I I guess I never really thought about it because it is outdoors when they play pond hockey. And, um, yeah, I don't think about them having to stop and shovel the snow off so they can find the ice. Well, I mean, that doesn't really happen in Maryland very often. I mean, there's not a whole lot of places in Maryland where you have frozen ponds or frozen ice where you have to shovel that off, and pretty much it's all indoors out there and in Pennsylvania the same way. Um, but right. Yeah, you know, and that's you know, and that's where and that's why so many kids come from. You know, so many just there's, there's what um, there's like two or three Minnesotans on every hockey team. And it's it's yep. because the kids the kids have access to ice time, and that's the biggest thing, you know. Um, it, it you know if you watch the NBA, you, you know it's more inner city because they have more access to, um, you know, to 
to courts or to, you know, to, to things like that. You know, the, the more you can play, the better off you're going to be. And, you know, for here and also for, um, also up in Canada, um, you know, you, you get more, um, you get more ice time and the more ice time you get, the better off you are. Right. Oh yeah. I remember last year, um, when Matt Cullen played in his first out or his first quote unquote NHL outdoor game. And he was saying how cool it was to play in the stadium series because it really brought him back to his childhood of playing on the ponds up in Minnesota. And so I like to hear things like that. And you're exactly right. Like I watched the Vegas feed this past weekend. Um, I watched, I believe it was the Caps in Vegas playing. And even during intermission, they were talking about how many Minnesotans are actually on individual hockey teams and um, how that's the reason why Minnesota is the state of hockey. It wasn't, you know, just because, you know, they're, have, they've had great teams with the North Stars in the past and the Wild currently. But, you know, they have high school hockey. They have abundance of college hockey, which we talk about all the time. And then not only that, you guys have really cool pond tournaments up there. You guys have, you know, you can skate by and have backyard rinks in your backyard. And I'm thinking this is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, you know, and it, and it really is. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch the kids go out there and be able to just, you know, they, they skate out and, uh, um, it's fun. It's fun to watch the the young ones, you know, the you know eight, nine, ten year olds are, that are out there skating and playing hockey, you know, in the middle of the afternoon or the middle of the night or or what have you. And and there are some there are some, you know, parents that actually put out, you know, they they actually have rinks out there, you know, in their backyards, and you know, and they have lights out, and the kids are out actually out there skating after school. You know, after after they go to hockey practice, they come home and they practice at home, and it's, I mean, it's it's fun and it's you know it's it's almost like a religion out here. Right. Yeah, I, I'm really envious. Like right now, it's um, oh, I don't know, it's probably 18 degrees right now here, and I'm thinking I could go out and put water in my grass and make a hockey rink, but it's only going to last overnight. So it's not really worth it. Um, You know, and I say that very tongue in cheek, but I think I've been ice skating on a pond twice in my lifetime. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like minus eight here right now. So um, wind chill is minus 31. So it's, it, 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 if it was 18, it'd be warm here right now. Right. Yeah, you would be like shorts and t-shirt, eighteen degrees. <laughs> you know, it was it was minus two in the middle of the day today, and when it, you know when it got to be the warmest, and there, I, I swear to goodness, there was a guy at a gas station in shorts. And I'm like, dude, oh, doesn't surprise me. Doesn't like, dude, surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might give you an example my husband's from illinois so he wears shorts year-round here and it's it's interesting because i'm sitting here and i'm like oh it's a little cold out let me put you know leggings on and bundle up a little bit not that i mind the cold weather but yeah it's different how 
different people from different areas dress differently in different temperatures. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in layers of clothing. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like. So, you know, we, we've been on the Christmas break here for a little bit, and, of course, the NHL trade freeze is in effect right now, too. I think that gets lifted tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. But yes, you're right. either tomorrow or the 28th. I can't remember I which. Actually, you're right. I think it's the 28th. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's the 27th. It's, um, it's listed at 12.01 a.m. on the 27th. So right. we we haven't really had a lot of NHL. On, or, which is midnight on the twenty eighth. So right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we aren't lacking for hockey, though. I mean, World Juniors just started today. What a Boxing Day for the. Um, I think it's just every Boxing Day the World Juniors tournament does. Um, my biggest shock so far is that Russia lost to the Czech Republic. I couldn't believe it. Well, Czech Republic has, you know, I mean, they produce some pretty good players. You know, you, you mean, Vanek is probably the number one person you would think of, you know, from from Czechoslovakia. But, um, well, I, I guess Czech Republic now. Um, I think back when right. he came over, it was Czechoslovakia, but um, now they've like split that up. But um, no, um, it's a surprise, but it's not a surprise. Because, you know, in, in hockey, any team can beat any team on any given night. And that's the beauty of hockey. Right. You know, if you if you run a hot goaltender and, you know, I mean, they didn't beat them like 11 to 1. They beat them, what was it, 4 to 3 or something like that. Um, yeah, but the that, first half, like the first two periods were kind of like all Czech Republic. And then Russia made a comeback and just fell short. And I'm like, you know, this is a lot closer than I ever expected this game was going to be. Right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the game, or you know, so I, I don't know how how it actually played out. But um, you know, it, it, it still goes back to that same deal where you know anybody can beat any any team that you know. If you take it all the way back to the 1980 Olympics, you know, when you know when the U.S. beat. Russia and then the U.S. beat Finland, and they shouldn't have beat either one of those two teams. Right, you're exactly right. Um, I know the USA is playing right now. They're playing Denmark. That was supposed to start at eight o'clock. Um, but I mean, earlier games, Canada they beat um, Finland four to two, and uh, Sweden just rolled over Belarus. I mean, it was six to one. Um, Gustav. Gustafsson, who is the goaltender for the juniors in Sweden, only had to make eight saves the entire game. Wow. Yeah. When I saw that stat, I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, I'm excited because that's a Penguin prospect that's playing goalie for Sweden. So I'm really excited. But I want to see a little bit more than eight saves (laughs) to tell me, you know, where you're at. (laughs) But, hey, well done for Sweden's defense to only allow eight shots on goal the entire game. Well, and and, uh, and you know, 
Pittsburgh needs more like really young goaltenders to play, you know, as opposed to <laughs> goaltenders. You know, I mean that's pretty much what the Penguins need now. They they need more twenty year old kids to play goaltender for them. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know right now, um, Chris keeps me up to date on what's going on, and um, right now the U.S. is winning six to nothing over Denmark. So, well, that's not really a surprise. Right. Um, well, the U.S. is actually a favorite to win the uh, World Juniors again this year. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they've got. I mean, they've got a pretty good club going on there. So you know, I mean, yeah. they've got a lot of really good players playing on that team. Right. Well, the, the the thing is, is now um. What what a lot of people don't realize, and we take this back to college hockey again, is the fact that um, University of Minnesota Duluth has five players on that team. So uh, they've they've got a game coming up this weekend, um, and they're not playing with those players. So I mean, how do you replace five players on your team? You know, the Gophers have one. North Dakota has like one or two. Boston has like one or two. Michigan has uh, two or three, I think. And but I mean, how do you play without five of your best players on your team? I mean, obviously they're your best players because they're on the U.S. you know junior team. How do you play without them on your team? Right. Hey, it's hard. It's going to be hard, and we talked about this earlier in the college season where teams are going to start losing players to the Olympics, um, even, I guess, the juniors, too, because that's what you're talking about now. Um, right. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's going to be amazing to see how these players or these teams can produce without these players because, I mean, being invited to play in the Olympics, being invited to play at World Juniors, I mean, these are not just, you know, hey, everybody gets an invite. These are the best of the best for each country. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting when college hockey starts back up again to find out who's going to be hurt by this and who's going to be, um, you know, who's going to overcome the losses that they have. Well, and and that's, and that's so hard, you know, because Duluth is losing, like, um, three defensemen, um, a forward, and or, or two, and two forwards. So how do you lose? You know, typically you run um, three D pair. Well, they've lost like half of their D pairs. So what? Right. Who do you play? In, who do you play in that place? Right. Yeah. I mean, I I don't at this point. I don't know. Because that's like losing your whole starting lineup. Right. You know, if you think about it, that would be, you know, I I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, it, It'll be interesting. I know um, Boston College is another team that's got quite a few players that are playing in the world's junior, or maybe it's Boston University. It's Boston Boston. University. Yep. Yeah. Well, because they're losing, um, they've got, Edinger is, is 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 out, so you lose your starting right. goaltender. You know, and, and well, you got Brady and swim for, to chop. Yep. Yeah. And, and so I mean, there there's a lot of players that are you know, 
and that's the the good part, bad part about being, um, I guess, quote unquote, one of the better programs in in college hockey is that you lose your players. Right. Yeah, even you guys lose Casey Middlestad, so it's not like he's going to be missed or anything. Um, yeah, well, he's going to be gone. Yeah, he. I, I. I would be surprised if he plays next year for the Gophers as well as he's been playing. Holy <laughs> cow! Right, and you also lose a pretty good defenseman in Ryan Lingram. Yeah, so, Lingram. There he, again, Ryan's good. I mean, you you lose a couple of players like that, you know, and you know, and um, St. Cloud State's losing um, Paling. Um, you know, that's right. that's a big hit, but. They're so loaded with talent in St. Cloud State. Oh my goodness, that 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 team is so much fun to watch because um, they they're so disciplined and they're so much um, a team oriented team that losing one player is not going to hurt them as much as it's going to hurt some of these other teams. You know, um, you know, it, you know, Michigan Michigan's losing a couple of players. Michigan's not very good to start with, and you know, losing uh, you know the the well, two or three players like they're they're losing. I mean, that's that's really going to hurt them because they kind of rely on their upper end talent to to do well. And same thing with Boston University. Um, they they rely on their better players to play better. But I mean, you look at if you look at the, the way St. Cloud State plays, um, they're not going to miss a player or two. They're just going to keep going. Because they're they play as a team and they play in a, in a really high structured um, organization and their their ability to be able to move forward through this is better than most teams. Right. Yep. That's true. I you know and I don't think about things like that whereas you do. Um, I just look at it. Oh my gosh, they're losing a great player. They're gonna be really struggling and it doesn't matter how good their team is. They're missing so and so. So yeah, you know. Um that's why you're you're my co host and because uh, you come up with the logical stuff. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean it, it I'm excited. I'm excited to watch these kids. Um, the Olympics are coming up in less than two months now, which is going to be even more interesting because you're really not going to, unless you follow college hockey or juniors, you're not going to know who these players are either. So it's going to be fun to watch. And, like, I'm going to be having my phone Googling where are these kids drafted already? Who gets this excellent talent? So um, I, that's why I enjoy these things. Like, Last year, watching the World Juniors, I was Googling because I would find some kid that was really stepping it up, and I would Google where where he got drafted to. And uh, I was surprised at the talent that was coming into the NHL eventually. Well, and you brought up Casey Middlestad earlier, and, he, you know, he's near Eden Prairie kid, and, uh, you know, he's he's going to Buffalo, and it's like they can hardly wait till they get him. You know, just the – the way he plays and the level he plays at, and that's why it's so much fun to watch these um, these junior tournaments and 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 this year the Olympics because you're watching the the players that you're going to be watching you know every day in the NHL 
because the these are the kids that are that good. These are the you know pretty much every kid on the World Juniors right now for um, the U.S. or Canada or even for Russia, but not as much for Russia because their their policies are so weird. But um, but pretty much for the U.S. and Canada, all of those all of those kids are number one draft picks, and they're going to be playing for your club. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't care if you're playing in, you know, if your club is Arizona or Florida or, you know, or the new Seattle team, when it comes, you know, it, these are the, these are the kids that are pretty much almost all of them are already drafted and they're going to be playing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's funny how the NHL draft works like that. Like, these kids get drafted, and then they continue to play either in the juniors or they play on the um, the, the their college team. And, uh, you know, from there, they just kind of go on to – some of them go to the AHL and some of them go directly from college to the NHL. So, I mean, it's interesting to watch their progression. And it's probably, I think, one of the most unique aspects of hockey in general is having these kids and watching their progression from college to, you know, the AHL to the NHL. And you actually get to see it a little bit further because you get the high school hockey, you get the college hockey, and then you get, you know, AHL or juniors or, you know, if they go to the OHL and play. Um, and then you get to see them come up to the NHL. Because I remember watching a couple of games with you before, and you're like, oh, I remember when he played for so-and-so high school. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so, I mean, you get to see it further than I do. But at the same point, since I'm now into college hockey, I see it a step ahead, or like you're a step ahead of me by seeing them in high school. But I get to still see them from college to you know, the AHL to the NHL level, which to me is just, it's fascinating. Well, and, and it's, and it's fun in college hockey too, or in, in hockey in general is you, you get to watch the progression of these kids and you, you get to see a kid like, you know, or like, like a Jake Gensel for, for Pittsburgh, you know, that's a perfect example right there. You know I mean? He played, you know, he played in, in um, state high school um, hockey tournaments and then, you know, he went on to Omaha and played there. And then, you know, so you get to see him play there, you know, for college. And then he, he advanced on to Pittsburgh. And obviously he's done extremely well for the Penguins. And, uh, but, you know, you remember when he was just that little scrappy little kid, you know. So, I mean, it's it's fun. It's, it's fun living here and being able to see that. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that these these um, NHL players don't just like show up; <laughs> they come from somewhere. And there's a lot of kids that want to be NHL players that are playing, you know, at the same level. They just don't get that same opportunity that um, uh, the NHL players do. Right. And, you know, it's really interesting because Jake was probably one of the most fascinating stories from last year. And just, you know, his head coaches, college hockey, and um, 
knowing that Jake Ensel at one point was Phil Kessel's stick boy was just hilarious because now they're playing on the same line. You know, well, and it, it's fun to see those stories. Well, and it, it, it's funny the way that works, you know, and it, 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 and that that goes back to the whole the whole deal of you know I mean they, they played in the beauty league and they, they do all kinds of stuff and and uh, you know it's it's a different um, atmosphere here than it is say in Maryland you know just just the amount of the amount of emphasis that is placed upon hockey here that isn't you know necessarily placed on other places right. Yeah, that's exactly true. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I got some hockey stuff for Christmas. So I'm going to change the subject here for a little bit. Can I just okay. tickle pink? Because I know, right? I just like to just go by the seat of my pants sometimes. Um, so, because we were talking about Pittsburgh, I'll go ahead and lead in with this. I got a Tristan Jerry jersey for Christmas and I am just over the moon about it. And then um, I got a puck and it's a collector's item and it has the playing surface from the, from game six, 2017 NHL finals or the Stanley cup finals. And I was just really tickled pink. So um, yeah, I wanted to share what I got for Christmas that was uh, hockey related, which, you know, my family indulges my, my passion and that's always a good thing. But yeah, I was really tickled to have, um, to get that. So I wanted to get that in while we were talking about my team right now, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, did you get anything hockey related for Christmas or just nice meals? No, no. It's part of life. So, you know, you don't think that that's a present you should give. It's just, you know, (laughs) go to the hockey store if you want something. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's just easier to buy Ken hockey stuff because they know that she'll be happy with it. (laughs) Like my mother in law, she got me a a Pittsburgh Penguin purse. So I thought that was really cool um, getting a Penguin's purse for Christmas. And my mother-in-law was like, you know, this is your team, and this is all you talk about now, so I wanted to make sure I got you something appropriate. And I thought that was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there were no college games this past weekend at all. Well, wait, wait. wait. Let's talk about the college games that were happening this last weekend, both for the men's side and the women's side. Okay. Okay, now we're done with that. Um, <laughs> I was there were like, none. Uh, right. And there, won't there were none. Except for little tournaments. And, and, no, there wasn't any tournaments. No no tournaments, no nothing. They have tournaments coming up this, this coming weekend. Um, but there was nothing. And that's the beautiful part about hockey, is hockey does not play – Hockey is more important. It's more important to um, it's, it's more important to be with this. family. Yeah, be with family and 
take care of your studies and, you know, for the, for the college kids. And, um, oh, we have a question about this. Yeah, we could go ahead and get to it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're on the subject. Let's go ahead and get this question taken care of. So we got a question this past week from Mike. And he said, do you think it's time for the National Hockey League to step up to NFL standards and play on holidays? And my opinion on that is absolutely not. Um, I like hockey taking a break because, A, I get to catch up on my DVR stuff. B, they get to spend time with their family and friends. And C, they get a much-needed break away from the game to kind of just rejuvenate. Um, like Jimmy said, if you're on the college side of it, you're, you get time to focus on your finals, your college education, your life after hockey. And I, I think it's a really great break. I, uh, I really don't watch the NFL anymore, um, but you know, I kind of wish they would take the same thing. I think it's more important for these like to spend time with their family and focus on them. Well, well, here's what happened. It was like 1969, I think it was. It was the Oakland Seals. And they started a road trip on uh, uh, December 22nd, and they didn't get back to Oakland until um, January, like, 7th or 8th. So... The at that point the players looked at it and there wasn't really a whole lot of whole lot of um players unions at that time. Um but there was one for the, the they had the NHL Players Association at that time. And so what they did is they they put their foot down and they said, We're not doing this again. We're not playing over the holidays. You know, we have you know, 'cause all it's not necessarily just the players that are playing it's the players' families and their kids that are playing too. So, um, it's, uh, they, they put their foot down and that was the first major, um, league where the players, you know, decided that, you know, you know, we need, we need some rights here. And then after that, then that's when the NFL and, the uh, Major League Baseball and the NBA and, and all those kind of followed suit after that. But the biggest thing was the fact that all of those kids um, were not allowed to have their fathers at home. And that was a big deal. And to this day, since 1971, um, the NFL, the NHL has never played um, a hockey game during Christmas, and they won't. Right. I I see no problem with it at all. You know, I I have enjoyed the break probably as much as these guys have. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I can see why they changed it. I mean, you know, you don't want to – you don't want to have a road trip that's going to last you into the brand new year and stay away from home that long. Well, and, and it's not necessarily even the players. The players not being with their mom and dad. It's the players not being with their kids. That was the big issue. Right. 
Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at all the uh, videos that come up on NHL on Facebook, a lot of them, the players get their kids together. They go downstairs and they play indoor knee hockey against the players' kids. And so if they had to play, that would give them the opportunity to do that. So... Well, and that's, I mean, I mean that's, as goofy as it sounds, I mean, that's what, um, when Pittsburgh came to town, that's what uh, 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 Crosby and Malkin and, you know, I, I think uh, Kessel all went over to Cullen's house and played, you know, knee hockey with, you know, Cullen, with um, Cullen's kids because, you know, that they're used to that. And, you know, and there's, there, there's a whole lot of that that goes on. There's a lot more family, I think, that goes along with um, with hockey than than other sports. I think it's more family-orientated. Um, the Wild went on a trip, because um, it's my club, so I can talk about them, but they went on a trip down to Florida where they played. <laughs> okay. uh, they, they played Florida, and then they played the Tampa Bays. And... Um, it was a uh, a father son trip basically, and they were talking about you know how Matt Cullen and um, Matt Cullen's dad and Eric Stahl's dad Henry Stahl had um, done these trips together before when they were in Carolina, and and then they also talked about the fact that you know Henry Stahl has four kids in the NHL, and. Three of them are There's still a lot playing. of stalls. Right? Yes, and three of them are still playing. So he's like the veteran of this group. You know, he he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing. You know, he knows he knows the rules and the regulations as to what a dad is supposed to do on these trips. And and uh, but think about that though. You know, I mean, you got four kids that have played in the NHL, and you got three that are still playing, and like, and you get to go on. You know, so he goes on three of these trips every year. Right. Yep. And, yeah, because I think Jordan Stahl plays in it, Carolina. Yeah, his big comment. His big comment was, you know, I'm glad we picked Florida for this trip this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice and warm. <laughs> well, because yeah. they're they're from they're they're from Thunder Bay, um, Ontario, which is not that far from here. But um, so I mean, it it's colder up there than it is here. That's for sure. But you know, it. He, I, I know he was happy that you know that Eric decided to play for the Wild because um, you know it's it's an easier trip for him than it is to go see. Well, because he's got one son I think that still plays in um, Carolina, and then one son I think plays for New York, right? Right. I believe so. I uh, I know Eric. Eric plays for the Wild. Jordan plays for Carolina, and um, I want to say New York is where the other stall plays. But yeah, don't Aaron, quote me I think on it that. Is for the Rangers, I think it is. I know Chris could tell us about that when he shows up. Right. Yeah. So while we're on the Christmas break for the NHL, um, we also had another question. Um, about that, and um, Josh wanted to know how can the Christmas break help players that may be struggling. And I, I think 
you know, my personal opinion is I think it's um I think it's good. I think it's good for them to get away from the game of hockey for a little bit. They, a lot of players that tend to struggle up into that break, they get a little bit of mental break, especially if you've had a long playoff run. Um, you're thinking of, like, Nashville and Anaheim and the Wild, the Blues. Um, Chicago, you know, they went into the postseason. So that's a lot of hockey games when you're playing in the postseason like that. So I think, you know, it, it's a great mental break for them to just kind of either, A, get away from it all just on their own and figure out, you know, where I need to improve. So I, I think it's a great opportunity for them to do that. Well, and, and, and the thing, too, that you find out, too, is that the, the teams in the in the southern markets that don't have – because you're not allowed to practice. You're not allowed to do anything for this, you know, this three-day period. Um, so – the teams that live in, you know, that, you know, the players that live in the colder markets, um, they have the opportunity to be able to go out and skate and, and stay in shape. And what you'll find out tomorrow is that some of the players that, you know, that aren't in those kind of markets um, aren't going to be as sharp on the first day when they come back. Right. Yeah, we we saw that last year. Um, and especially after the bye week, um, after the NHL bye week, you could really tell who practiced and who didn't. Um, it was it was quite obvious who went out and you know did it by themselves, and um, who didn't just took you know a mean break, a me break, where you were uh, just kind of trying to just get you know mentally away from the game for a little bit. It was quite obvious after that week off. Um, I didn't find it as obvious last year after the Christmas break, but there were certain things that you could that you could see were different. Um, you know, certain players came back and they had had terrible goal scoring droughts, and then they get away from the game for a couple of days and they come back and they finally start scoring goals. Well, it, well, and there is that too. I mean, you've got you know some some players deal with the um, with the break better than others, right? And I guess it all depends on you know who it is and what they ended up doing. Um, but yeah, I I just. Uh, I found that, you know, fascinating about the whole, you know, Christmas break and last year, especially because I think I tended tended to notice it more last year, um, where like Nate McKinnon was a great example. He was really not doing as well going into the Christmas break, but he came back and he started doing like extremely well last year, and it was like, oh, he just needed to get away from the game for a little bit. That, that was my thought. Well, and there's a lot of lot, there's a lot of players that are like that, you know, that just need a little bit of break. And you know, and and the beautiful part about the whole thing is, you know, take a break. Everybody else gets a break. You know, I mean, you had Christmas off, right? Right. Yeah, I had my three days off. And I, I'm pretty sure everybody else in the country had, or most people in the country had, 
um, Christmas off. So why not give Christmas off, you know, to to the hockey players too? You know, why do they have to work right. on Christmas? Right, exactly. Um, you know, I, it's a much needed like today. I can use myself as an example. Coming back from my three day break is um, I felt more refreshed and I was able to focus better at work today. Whereas, you know, going into the Christmas break, I was just kind of like, hurry up, Christmas is coming. And I was just kind of not mentally focused as I probably should have been. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a refreshing break to have a couple of days off like that and just to get away from it all. Oh, right. Exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, a lot of times, you know, people forget that these, these are not machines that are out there on the ice. They're, you know, they're, they're people, you know, they're players. Um, they have the same aspects and the same needs that everybody else in the world has. And, um, you know, kudos to the NHL for giving them time off on the holidays, you know, as much yeah. as it, hurts us, you and I, as a fan, to not be able to watch them play for three days, you know, it's good for them to have those three days off like the rest of us do. Right. Yeah, and like I said, I think it's going to be a great mental break for quite a few players, especially, like I said, players that played longer into the season than other teams did. Um, you know, and unfortunately that's what happens when you make the playoffs. You at least are guaranteed four extra games than the other teams that didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, and then when you consistently make the playoffs like Chicago or, you know, even your club, the Wild, um, when you consistently do that, I'm, I'm sure at some point it begins to wear on you and you're just kind of like looking forward to that little break going, finally, I get away from it for a little bit, you know. Oh, exactly. But, um, you know, and yeah. Well, I mean, my <clears throat> we didn't have a deep run at all for the Wild or Chicago. But I mean, if you look at a team like Pittsburgh that has been in, you know, made two Stanley Cup runs, you know, I mean, any time they can get off, you know, any any break they can get is is good for them. Um, you know, or even very a, true. you know. Even a, even a team like Nashville that you know made a longer run than they were yeah. supposed to make. You know, right. you look at you look at all of those teams, and um, anytime they can get off during the regular season is good. Um, but at the same point, it's like you know, yeah, I know, I know how you feel. So we actually have a phone call. So I'm going to go ahead and take this person. Hi, you're on the air with Kim and Jimmy. Who's this? Merry Christmas, Kim and Jimmy. It's you-know-who. Hey, Merry Christmas, Lou. Did you have a good Christmas? I did, actually. Uh, one thing I want uh, to uh, clarify one thing, though. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe I mis- misinterpreted your question, saying how they don't play hockey uh, during the holidays. Well, they do play during Thanksgiving. Or... Or is that just, uh, or am I misreading, misreading what you meant? Because, you know, because you're saying they don't play on holidays. Well, Thanksgiving is a holiday. Right, but the NHL doesn't schedule any games on Thanksgiving Day. Um, 
at least the American Thanksgiving. Now they do play on Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes, they do. Well, um, actually, I did see a few games being played. Maybe not this year, but a few uh, one or two years ago, there was one or two games that were played. Um, that are played on Thanksgiving Day. Maybe it was played in Canada, but it still was played on Thanksgiving Day here. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I was just going by this year. I know they all took Thanksgiving Day right. off, and then they all played on what we consider Black Friday down here in the states. Right. Um, and they do play. And they do play on New Year's. Right. Yeah, they play New Year's Eve, which you know usually either bakes or breaks. My, no, I'm kidding, it doesn't. <laughs> and New Year's Day too, because you know you got, you got the Winter Classic. Yes, I always look forward to the Winter Classic. It's one of my of course, favorite. Yes, yes. Favorite games. I don't care who's playing. <laughs> I enjoy. <it. laughs> right. Yeah, I always enjoy that too. Of course, you know the problem is you gotta compete that with college football. Right. Well, I I don't really watch college football, so I'm pretty good. Mm, I do. <laughs> I do. So yeah. You know, so um, you know, because like you know, if you're an avid sports fan, well, you're kind of torn. You know, you're because right. you know it's it's bowl it's bowl game day. It's something that you know we fanatics wait for all year, and it's the day that it uh, unfortunately it uh, falls on. Right. Yeah. Did I saw. A, I, did you get anything? Yeah. Did you get anything hockey-related for Christmas? Uh, hockey-related, no. I did get a hockey book, though, last year. Um, the greatest moments, like, who was, like, uh, who was, like the greatest goaltender, the greatest uh, uh, scorer, all, all the facts on it. It's a huge book. Oh, wow. Now yeah. that sounds like a book that would be up my alley. My brother, who is not a hockey fan, knows that I am, and that's why I got it. Nice. Now, that's a really I, awesome book there. I do have uh, hockey merchandise, though. I have a few jerseys, um, you know, not pay, not players' names, but of uh, of hockey teams, like when the Rangers won the Cup in 94. <laughs> I got, you know, Rangers hat and Devils hats and all that. So I do have some hockey merchandise up here. That's awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. But uh, yeah. we had some sad news in the hockey world uh, today. Yes, we did. Um, I yes. actually saw it right before we went on air. Um, well, a little bit before, but the Maple Leaf legend um, passes away. Uh, Bauer, Johnny Bauer. I couldn't, Johnny Bauer. I couldn't think of his name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He passed away this fast or this morning, from what they said. Uh, but there's been a, no known of the cause of death. Um, yes, they said it was after a short battle of pneumonia. Well, at 93 years so, old, you know, you know that's um. Yeah. yeah and he and, was uh, the last goaltender to win a cup for Toronto. Back in '63. '67. '67. Yeah. Yeah, 1967. Mm. Yeah, that was that was the last year before expansion came into the picture. Because yep. in the following year, uh, expansion started um, coming in. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I, um, was sixty-seven, sixty-eight season that first year for expansion, Jimmy? Well, it was twenty-five years ago. Whenever that was. 
or 50 years ago. So it would have been right. 50 years 50, ago. 67. I'm 47 now, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me sick. <laughs> Another two and a half years, I'm going to be 50. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Well, so, it's, let me ask you. it's not that painful to be 50, Blue. I didn't look forward to turning 40, okay? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. poor Lil. I, 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 didn't, I didn't turn 30, or didn't turn 40. My son told me I was just 30, 10. Right. That, that's a great way to look at it. I'm going to start doing Yeah, that. I know. Well, somewhere there's a joke in that. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm only turning 39. Yeah, thank you very much, Jack Benny. Yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> so, Lou, what were some of your favorite moments from 2017? Well, let's next see. week it's going to be New Year's. No, really? I gotta change my calendar. I know. Hmm. Crazy, right? <laughs> Sickening is a better word. Well, I mean, it was a very intense uh, another playoff year in the in the, in the hockey in the uh, hockey world, especially the playoffs. And Pittsburgh played a thrilling game six against the Yahoos, and that was like that was like edge of your seat um, game six right there in Pittsburgh. Pulled it out with a minute and a half to go in game six. Yeah. And I was and I was doing a podcast that night as it happened. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, not me. I was I kept telling my boss I was gonna be late for work one way or the other. <laughs> well I was doing I was doing it, you know, um but like you said, all right, Louia, take it away. I mean this this is this is your moment right here. Do it. Okay. Because normally right. when the game was over, like you know what, eh, it's a it's a it's a final. This is your moment to shine. Do it or lose it. Right. And I lost exactly. It. No, no, no. But that was that was that was a moment for them. But you know, it, at the same time, this year they don't seem to be having the same as much as uh, success uh, early on as they have in the last two years. I think there's something missing. Yeah. But what is not it? many reasons. I don't know. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that it has more to do with things going on in the locker room than it is uh, uh. with what's going on on the ice. Um, well, you know, we'll see. Uh, one of the big trade rumors right now is that Chris Letang's on the chopping block. Um, they're really? looking to shop him around as of as soon as the trade freezes up. Um, have a couple of teams that are interested in him, and um, yeah. I think that I think that'll just be shooting themselves in the foot again. But um, I forget when's know, the deadline again. Huh? I forget when's the trade deadline again. Uh, February twenty seventh or twenty sixth. Yeah, like it's, it's sometimes toward the end of end of February. I, I, After the I, I, I don't. I don't know that there's a whole lot of value for Chris Latane. I think that um, just, just the fact that he's so injury prone um, and he yeah. play defense, um, there's not a whole lot of teams that will take him. Um, Gee, I wonder why. I, and I the ones that I, will won't take his salary cap hit. That's that's mm. exactly that's where I was going to go with the rest of it too. Is the fact that you know his Pittsburgh's going to have to eat a whole lot of that salary in order to get rid of him, and I don't I don't see them doing that. Sounds like eat crow. Oops. Yeah, and I, I just don't think that trading a player is what's going to fix this team right now. 
Um, I I have a lot of people that disagree with me and say that locker room problems don't happen in the NHL, but I know human beings, and human beings just don't turn off their emotions either. No, but you shouldn't take what – I don't think you should, you know, take what's in the locker room or take it to the ice. I mean, you know, leave leave the problem where it is. That's the way I look at it. Right. You know, we'll see. They may just be tired and just, you know, they lost a lot of yeah. pieces over the off season, And, you know, it's hard to win the cup once, let alone twice. And back In this back day, here. Is, yes. So, you know, I, I, I fully expected a season like this, to be honest. Um, I didn't think Matt Murray was going to be quite as bad as he has been in net um, this year. Uh-huh. And when you listen to Pittsburgh's post-game locker room comments and stuff, you can hear, like, Crosby the other night said, it's hard to play confident hockey when every mistake made goes in the back of your net. Um, Brian Dumoulin echoed that. Um, Matt Murray said that he needs to make those stops. He needs to find a way to keep the team in the first period until they find whatever offense they're going to find. The only consistent player on the club right now is, Phil Kessel, and um, everybody yeah. that knows Phil knows that that's who he is. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I just have a feeling that things go a little bit deeper than what is to the eye, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would suppose so. Anyway, um, the Blue Jackets got a double whammy. Hmm. I wanted to talk about this tonight. Yes, yes. Cam Atkinson is out for four to six weeks, mm-hmm. and that's with what? So it was Wimberg. Foot, and Wimberg is out for four to six weeks with back problems. Yes. A that's double win. two high-caliber offensive players that the Jackets are going to be losing. It's yeah, and with our, crazy. And with the division tight as it is, that could be very critical. Right. Well, but the Blue Jackets don't play a – they're more of a defensive structure team mm-hmm. than they are an offensive structure team. So they're better off losing forwards than they are losing defensemen. Defensemen, yeah. That's hey, a great point, Jimmy. Yeah, and, you know, so to be honest, I think Jimmy has a really good point there because – Cam Atkinson is not putting up the numbers that he has put up in the past for the Blue Jackets. And um, their defense is taking them and keeping them in games a lot more this season than they have last season. Um, That's why I still consider Columbus to be one of the most dangerous Metro teams this year. Yeah, they are. But, you know, I I mean, any injury that can happen – I mean, it's still fairly early, but you know, when you once you hit like about February and start getting injured, that could that could really set a team back. It could, and it could not. I mean, I just saw it last year: eighteen players on IR, and um, not a full roster since December fourteenth. You know, and I, you know, the injury excuse it it only goes so far. Um, Good teams figure out a way to win, and I think the Blue Jackets are one of those good teams that are going to figure out a way to win. Hmm. With, without hmm. those, well, well, for um, Pittsburgh though, you, 
blame a lot of that injury stuff on Chris Letang and Matthew Murray, and <laughs> neither one of those players are really right. that important to winning during the regular season. So. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smarty pants. I really am not. But you're right, Jimmy. You're right. <laughs> I, I see it this year. I mean, we're not winning. And are there, I'm not part of the team as much as I probably want to be right now. Um, mm-hmm. But they're not winning, and they have both of them in there. And, um, you know, so. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes to injuries, though, and I've seen it, you know, happen not only with Pittsburgh, I've seen it happen with other clubs, you know, they find, if they're a good team, they're going to find a way to go above and beyond the injuries and still continue to win. Well, when you look at Chicago, Chicago is winning games without Crawford in, in goal this year, and they didn't have their backup goaltender who's in Florida or something like that. Um, where's he at, Kimmy? Carolina. Carolina, okay. Him and, yeah, him and Cam Ward are splitting um, – Start. Yeah, so I mean, they're winning with the backup goaltender that nobody knows who who he is. You know, they were winning games without him. You know, without Crawford. So, and that's clearly one of the best. You know, you know, top five goaltenders in the league. And you, you lose him, and you still manage to win. Um, that's overcoming injury. Yeah, but it, but at that same point, they're not at the top of the league like they were last year. Right. Yeah, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Not for the Central Division, but maybe it's a good thing for Chicago. Um, and I see the same thing about Washington. Washington had a slow start. They're now starting to hit their stride. And I think it's probably good for them to finish second or third in the division, make the playoffs, and make a run that way. Um, I've always felt that, you know, teams that usually end up winning or end up winning the divisions or, you know, they're really good in the regular season, they just seem to fizzle out postseason because some other team has the hotter goalie and, you know, they have the momentum going into the playoffs. And so, like, for me, I, I think I would rather have my team finish middle of the pack, make the playoffs as a, you know, third or fourth seed as opposed to a top two seed, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You, you kind of want to play as many games at home as you can. Most teams right. are yeah, so much better at too. home than they are on the road. You know, Pittsburgh's a horrible team on the road. You know, New York's a, a, a terrible team on the road. Um hmm. So Except you know, for last you wanna, season, the Rangers were really wanna, good on the road last season. <laughs> right, well, but I mean, you want to play as many you want to play as many games on the at home in the playoffs as you can, just for that very reason, because you you typically play better at home. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, Lou, we hope you have a very happy new year. Um, Thank you. Are, do you follow our Facebook page at all, Lou? I can't seem to find your Facebook page. Oh, well, if you go on Facebook and Google or you look up in the search bar, stay out of my crease, 
you'll find our Facebook page. Um, okay. I don't know if you'll be able to listen to the remainder of the show, but, you know, um, there's something very important that we would like to share with everybody at the end of the show. So if not, just keep an eye on our Facebook page. All right. All right. All right, I'll do that. Awesome. Well, okay. happy new year to you and um, you. to your significant other. Um, Thanks. And I know she's excited because the Devils are doing well, and I hope they continue for her sake through the new year. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, have a great new year, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jessica. All right, Leo. Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's always nice to hear from Leo. So I think what we're going to do right here is we're going to just take a quick commercial break. Um, and we have some other questions that we want to get into uh, before the end of the show. So we'll take our quick break and we'll get, start getting into these questions. Now a word from our sponsors. At Midwest IT Support Help Desk, we believe that technology should support and enhance your organization's success, not constrain it. With our wide range of best-in-class services, we provide customized solutions that fit your unique IT needs. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Midwest IT Support Help Desk is always available providing your organization with professional remote help desk support services you need. Midwest IT Support Help Desk will solve your technology issues day or night. Our IT staff ensures that your networking computers are up to date and ready for operation on a daily basis. Don't wait until problems occur. Let our organization solve them with our monitoring software, giving you the peace of mind you need. Let us do the worrying for you. Enabling your workforce with top-notch technologies isn't just important, but imperative for business success. This customizable solution allows your team to work seamlessly and collaboratively in a protected space. No matter what IT services you need, Midwest IT Support Help Desk will be there to support you every step of the way. Midwest IT Support Help Desk. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Please visit www. .midwestitsupport.com for more information or shoot us an email at helpdesk at midwestitsupport.com Give us a call 765-239-9668 Alright, and we are back on air here um, So we were talking to Lou, Jimmy about favorite moments so far in the NHL season 
But I'm actually going to take Corey's question a little bit further and talk about favorite moments from 2017. Okay. So what have been some of your favorite moments? Uh, my daughter got married in, in October. That's probably my favorite That's moment. That's awesome. That's that awesome. trumps anything that happens in hockey. Sorry. Yes, it does. <laughs> no, it completely does. Yeah, and I, I saw pictures of it, and it's a beautiful wedding, and she has made such a beautiful bride. Uh, she was. She was absolutely gorgeous, and she got married in the caves in uh, in St. Paul, which is awesome. Um, yeah. I never would have thought of that. I didn't really even know... I'd never been there before, but it was really neat, really neat. And um, um, other than that, um, I would say the outdoor hockey game at Stillwater was out there for me, for hockey. And that was just, that was fun. Yeah. I'm actually going to take a little bit, um, you know, for me, some of my favorite hockey moments in 2017 Last year's Frozen Four was just so much fun to watch because here's Penn State, who nobody ever expected to make it as far as they did. You know, they came up against Denver. And then on the women's side, you had Clarkson beating Wisconsin. And to me, those were big moments, um, you know, just because of the fact that it, you know, it was an upset on the women's side technically because. Nobody ever thought Wisconsin was going to get beat because they had been so good throughout the regular season. And Clarkson's only the only team from the East to ever win the women's NCAA championship, I believe. Well, you, you're um, right there. I mean, the only teams ever to win were have been before that. Clarkson had won once before, maybe twice before. I don't, I'm not, not exactly sure on the number, but it, other than that, it's always been either Wisconsin or Minnesota or Minnesota Duluth. So. um any time that an Eastern can win, um, it, 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 it's just amazing. It's fascinating. Right. Yeah. And then, like, I, I can't lie, my favorite moment, 2017, was watching my team hoist the cup for the second year in a row. I mean, nothing tops that as a fan of this sport. Um, but, you know, I would say, you know, next year – my favorite moment will probably be watching this year's winner or 2018 Stanley Cup winners raise the cup because there's just nothing like watching that. But when it becomes your favorite team that does it, it's a little bit more, I don't know, you appreciate it a lot more, I guess is the best way to explain it. Um, some of From the new NHL season from 2017-18, so far, my favorite moments have been some of the incredible goalie saves that we have seen already. Um, Devin Dubnik doing a snow angel. That was a great moment um, for this, the new season. Um, I've seen, you know, Pecorine making some immaculate glove saves and his puck handling that he has done this year. Corey Crawford made a great save just last week. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, where are all these goalies coming from? Because they're making such great saves. It's like every time a goalie makes an incredible save, you hear, well, this could be the best save of this this season. And then you watch another game and you see another goalie making an even better save. And you're like, how do you do that? 
but that was so far my favorite is Devin Dubnik's No Angel Save because that just wow, <laughs> that was pure luck. <laughs> wow, I mean that was I mean that was amazing. I remember watching that going, how did he do that? And then, but but I I think that I think the part that for me that is really standing out this year is the fact that um, it's getting covered more and you're seeing more of it. Um, they're actually playing it more on Sports Center than they did last year. Um, and I don't know if that's because the contract year is coming up for, um, you know, for TV rights or whatever, and, and ESPN is trying to get in on it again or what have you, but um, which, in my opinion, would be a great thing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to have, you know, ESPN covering instead of NBC? Casual because, sports coverage? Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but but the NBC Sports Network is getting bigger, and so you're seeing more of that. You're you're, you're seeing more coverage than you did before, which I think is really cool. Great, and you're right on that because I have, you know, people at work. They're like they come in my office and it's all decorated with you know penguin stuff, and and then they sit and they're like, okay, so what's so exciting about hockey as opposed to football? And I'm like. The action never stops. Like, you're halfway through a period before a goalie decides to cover a puck, and you finally get a commercial break and get to go get a snack, you know? Um, you don't have a stoppage every five minutes. And I'm like, so that's, you know, a big draw. So a lot of people at work are starting to, like, a lot of them are really excited for the Winter Classic game on New Year's Day because most of them will be home. And so they, they want to see what this is all about. And I'm like, well, you have to watch the Winter Classic. It's a great game. Doesn't matter who's playing, you know. And they're calling. I think they're calling for snow on New Year's Day up up there, and um, that's going to be fun. Uh, to watch they don't. They don't if don't, it snows, they're just guessing. It's it's too far out to know exactly what the weather is going to be like. You know. And, well, I know that, but if it snows, it's going to make it fun. <laughs> oh, it'd, it'd be great if it snowed. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but, you know, you're right. It is getting more covered, and more people are becoming reinterested in hockey. A lot of I know a lot of fans left after the last strike and said they were done. You know, hockey struck, had too many strikes, and um, now they're slowly starting to come back, and the NHL's making it worth it to come back. I mean, these some of these games have just been incredible, especially like the primetime games. You know, you're, you're seeing very close three to two games, and two-to-one games and a lot of shootout games. Holy moly, what was it? The other night, there are 15 games in the NHL. And out of those 15 games, um, like nine of them went to shootouts that night. Or something crazy like that. It was just, yeah, it was crazy. Like, I'm just like, holy crap. I can't believe this this actually happened. Um but, yeah, it was like eight or nine of them went at least to overtime, if not to shootouts. It was like everything was a shootout that night. And it was a, just a really bad night if you were playing. <laughs> or a really good night because a lot of points were given out. So, um, yeah, so, you know, if you're gonna, if you're going to call in at 646-668-8467, you know, tell us your favorite moment from the NHL season. 2000 or from the year 2017 it doesn't just have to be from this season. Um, 
Now, we had another question from Megan, and she wanted to know how we felt about Mario Lemieux's five goals, five different ways, making the best moment in NHL history as voted on by fans. I think that's important to let everybody know. Um, do you agree? And yeah. <laughs> do you agree? And if not, who would you have taken? Um, Bobby Orr. The in me wants to say this is great. <laughs> uh, the Bobby yeah. Orr um, diving goal. Um, yeah, I'll take that one every day. Right. You know, speaking of Bobby Orr. We've had a great discussion in one of my hockey groups this past week about um, people are saying that there were better defensemen in the league, before, for example, than Bobby Orr. But yet, at the same point, I don't think people realize exactly how much Orr changed the game of hockey, and especially, specifically the defenseman position. Well, you're a little younger than I am, so I'm not going to hold that against you. Just a little. Um, (laughs) But um, prior to to Bobby Orr, nobody played offense on defense at all. But the the thing that people don't understand when they look at Bobby Orr and, and his stats and the way he scored, is that he actually played defense, too. He played just as much defense. He played as well on defense, probably better on defense, than any of the so-called stay-at-home defensemen did. He wasn't a Carlson or a Burns or Latang or any of those guys that that score a lot of goals but don't really play defense. Um, Bobby Orr played defense first. He's kind of like Ryan Suter. No, he's more like um, Bobby Orr. Mm. There, there, there still hasn't been anybody that plays like he does. He, um, he had the skills of of um, an Eric Carlson, but he played like um, a Duncan Keith. Uh, you know, I mean, he 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 could play right. both ways. He was one of those people that um, you would shoot the puck at him in the defensive zone because you didn't want him breaking out on the other side. I and mean, he was just, he was so good. And the level that he played at was so different than ever, anybody else. I mean, he totally compl- and completely changed the game of hockey like nobody else. You know, more than, more than, um, you know, more than Lemieux, more than Gretzky, more than um, anybody else. He just, he was the person that made people realize that you could have five people play offense, but you still had to have two people, two people playing defense. Yeah, I know he did. He changed the way that people looked at defensemen. He changed the way defensemen played games. And, the interesting, I think the thing that fascinates me the most about him is that he played on really bad knees. Can you imagine if he had the technology today? How could he be? He was already great, but I mean, holy moly, if he had two good knees, nobody would ever be able to touch him. Oh, I mean, if if he had been able to play, 
for uh, you know for a normal hockey career, I mean, he would have every record there ever was. Um, but like you say, you know, it, the, the the fact that he played, you know, that we didn't have the med- medical technology back then for him to be able to play. But I mean, if if <clears throat> to be able to put those to put healthy knees on that guy, that'd have been just unbelievable. Very, very true. Very true. And I think I have to side with you on our question. Um, as much as I love Mario Lemieux, and five goals, five different ways is a really, really awesome feat. I just don't think that the fans realized you know, voting for Bobby Orr was probably the better decision. I don't think you could have ever had a moment like that in NHL history again. Um, but, you know, it, it was voted on by the fans, and everybody is entitled to their pen. I don't know if anybody will ever score five goals five different ways again. It could happen. It's probably more likely to happen, I think, than um, – any other record that currently stands. Right. Especially with all these joy to shoot out lately. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. Well, he, he did what? A penalty shot, a shorthanded power play, a regular goal. And uh, what's the fifth one? I can't think of that off the top of my head. But I all the records that stand right now, I think that's probably the most likely that would be broken if one is to be broken. Um, But that's just my opinion on that. Well, and Bobby Orr doesn't really hold a whole lot of records. He just, he was just, you had to watch him play in order to appreciate the way he played. Um, I mean, just because he just, he just played the game at a different level than anybody else had ever played the game before him. Right. Right. And unfortunately, you're right. I was, I'm too young to remember what he played. But you get to watch all the reruns. <laughs> well, and, well, exactly. And you can watch the reruns, and they're just as good, too. You know, he's still good in reruns. And you go, how do oh, you yeah, do that? He is. Yeah. You you look at some of his plays and are like, Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> you know, um but yeah, I mean and that's a that was a great question. I mean, you know, I of course I followed it closely, um, just as it kept coming up through my feed. Just like voting in the all star game keeps coming through my feed too. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I have to side with Jimmy here. I think Bobby Orr probably should have won that. Um, but well, the, the I Superman goal—the so. Superman goal when he he dives across to score the goal—I mean that's unbelievable. Yep. I mean, there's there's, there's nobody yeah. that can actually play. You could do that right now. You know, it, that's probably right. probably illegal. Right, <laughs> right. you're probably right. It probably is. It would probably be a penalty nowadays. Um, speaking of rules, we, uh, our last question for this week actually is, um, I think it's kind of a fun question because Bryce wants to know 
Well, first of all, he says Merry Christmas. I wanted to know which rule change you think can be made to benefit the game of hockey. Now, it's interesting because I got this question um, last week. And, of course, I was fiending for something hockey last night and ended up watching a roundtable with Kevin Weeks, um, John Stevens, and um, Barry Melrose. It was quite an interesting roundtable. And a similar question like this came up. And I really do, I I thought about it. I kind of had to decide, we do different rule changes that I think could benefit the game. And Kevin Weeks came up with this, so I did not come up on this on my own. I was, like, looking for answers, but I like what he said. And he said that he thinks they should take away the trapezoid rule, where the goalies can just go play. Um, because, and his reasoning behind that was, there are very few goalies that can really pop you. And so it's not necessarily as much of a it was when Brodeur did it. Um, he named a handful of goalies. Mm-hmm. Pecorine was one of them. Um, yeah, definitely Pecorine. The one he's, was... he's top on the list. Um, Devin right. Dunick is up there. Um, Braden Holt is um, up there. Yep. Carey Price was another name that came out. Um, and, you know, you've had experience, I think, Mark andre Curry would be the other good goaltender that could potentially play within that trapezoid that they must play in now. Um, but, you know, they had talked about how that could potentially increase scoring. And I really loved Adam Oates' answer to this. And it was the fact that he said, who wants to increase scoring? A lot of hockey fans, like himself, likes the fact that there are defensive games. There are those games that are one nothing and 2-1 to one and things like that. Um, and he's got a point because sometimes I like these closer games, these high score games, because I like to watch a defense. You know? Um, and then Adam Oates said that he would like to get rid of the instigator rule because people are, I'm sorry, not Adam Oates, but John Stevens, he would like to get rid of the instigator rule. Because people yeah, like to watch hockey for their fights, too. Steven's getting rid of the instigator rule. Imagine that. I know, right? <laughs> it's not like he was a bully or anything on the ice. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, and I, I kind of agree with that one, too. I think kind of, you know, drop the gloves, get it over with, and let's play hockey. <laughs> That's how mm-hmm. I feel. <laughs> but those those are my answers, and like I said, I did not come up with those on my own. I just happened to be watching the right TV program last night and was thinking about this question, and then they started talking about a similar question. I'm like, well, they have some good points. I'm going to bring those up, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due as well. So what about you, Jimmy? Well, I actually saw the question. I think you gave it to me yesterday um, in in my 10 minutes of show prep that I normally do. Um, <laughs> I thought about it, and I was like, well, here's here's what I think. And they're trying it right now in at the Bantam level in um, the state of Minnesota for hockey, which is, you know, basically um, 8th, ninth, 10th grade 
kids. And what they're doing is they're taking out the icing rule for the no icing rule for penalties. So if you, because right now in the NHL and in college and, you know, in most high schools and juniors or whatever, if um, you can get your stick on the puck, you can dump the puck down the end of the rink during, um, during, during, you know, during the power play or penalty kill, depending on which side you're on it. And um, so what they've decided to do is they're taking that away, that if you ice the puck, it's still icing the puck. So the, the, you don't get that extra 25 seconds knocked off your penalty kill. And, you, and, and it goes back into, um, goes back into the regular, you know, you, you have a defensive um, face-off there. Um, and I think that is, I think to me, that would add tremendous because you would get more um, power play goals that way. You would have um, teams that would have to, you would have the structure differently. You can't just like chip the puck out. You would have to play it like you would normally play defense. And, you know, and if, you know, why would you play the game differently <clears throat> for that two minutes than you do the right. rest of the game? Why not have the same rules all in play? Right. And I actually brought that up um, to a point on the uh, the show I was watching last night. It was like, I think it was called like Top 100 or the 100 Years of NHL Roundtable or something like that. And he had talked about how um, back in 1957, the rule where if a team scores the goal on a power play, that the person can come out of the box. But they, um, I believe it was, let's say it was Adam Oates, but it might not have been, quote me on that. But he said that he thought if they wanted to really change the game and move it forward a little bit, make the person stay in the box for the full two minutes, kind of make it like a five-minute major, score as many goals as you can in two minutes. Um, they changed that well, rule it, in 1957. You know, I don't know if it was 67. I don't remember what was changed, but it was the Canadians that actually changed that rule because they would, they were so good back then. And it was, it, it was almost like a mercy rule. Um, because they would score three or four times during a power play because they were so good with Richard and, and, you know, and the rest of the, in the rest of that crew, um, that, um, uh, for you, you Americans, it's not Richard, it's Richard. Um, anyway, um, he, uh, they scored so many times that they decided that, you know, you, you once, once you scored once during the power play, then, uh, that was all you got. And, you know, I, I, and I, I'm a firm believer in that too. I think, you know, if you get two minutes for holding then you stay in the box for two minutes, you know, but, right. um, but that, that's so hard because their teams are going to score two or three goals, four goals or whatever during that period of time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I, I thought that was an I thought one question from Bryce. I'm really glad that the, you guys were with me last night. And I flipped on NHL Network and got to get ideas because, you know, I got to get them from somewhere sometime. Um, we actually have a phone call, so we're going to go ahead and take this one. Hi, right, you're on the air with Kim and Jimmy. Who's this? Hey, Kim. Hey, Jimmy. It's Chris. 
Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, Merry Christmas to both of you. Merry Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas? I had a, I had a great Christmas. Game Rangers. No, we don't have we don't have like kids or you know all, all my family's older, so our Christmas is more dinner ah. and food. Or it's more circled around food. I like food. I like presents. <laughs> food is good. I went to my mother's mm. house twice um, for food. It was great. I, one one time was with. Um, my two daughters, and then one time was with my son and in my 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 brother's family and it was nice because we had food I, <laughs> the, the presents part you know, that that's cool too, you know, and I like giving up presents to my nieces and nephews. Don't get me wrong there, but um the food was great, <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with food. Look, I'm just excited because I got what I really wanted for Christmas. <laughs> this is what I'm excited about Christmas this year. Um, you know, since my dad passed away, it takes a lot to get me excited about Christmas and Thanksgiving. But spending time with my family, and especially for Hunter, my son, it, it makes it all worth it. Let me tell you, even at almost 16 years old, he was like he was five years old again, and. As soon as the presents went under the tree, he was up and down the stairs. We saw him more on Christmas Eve than we have all year long. So now I don't have to get to come downstairs. <laughs> but, yeah, the food we had was wonderful. We always have a traditional ham, and Mom makes homemade scallops, which is yummy. So. But, yeah, I like presents, too. But my birthday is next month, so I like presents. <laughs> But um, did you hear, have you heard our question of the night, Chris? What has been your favorite moment from 2017? My my favorite moment, I would say, was, um, well, it was the whole, it was the whole series against, uh, watching the Rangers play against the uh, Canadians. I, that was I love great that series. series. I loved that whole series. It was like, it was like old school hockey was back. They were hitting each other. They were, no, they weren't, they weren't high scoring games as I remember. And that, that's the kind of hockey I like to watch, especially in the playoffs. And no lead was safe in that series ever. No, there was, there was comeback. And, and even even the games we lost, even the games we lost, I was into I was into the whole game and I was I, I was engaged I was engaged in it. It wasn't like all right, well we're getting blown out tonight. Let's turn it off. It was like we were, we were in the whole time. So that was that was probably my favorite moment from the year. Yeah, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking another one of my favorite 2017 moments was Brian Boyle scoring his goal. From his cancer treatment, but when you start talking about the Rangers, I, I that's just about Brian Boyle. That's true. That that was an amazing moment too. 
and when yeah, and when he scored character. and when he scored on well it was like cancer cancer day or what or something yeah Fuck yeah it was like like the day cancer. they were going into cancer and he scored again so right yeah Yep. So I did want to throw that out while I was thinking about it because that had totally mind about his goal because um, it just happened not too long ago, but it's still within 2017. So, but you're right. That Rangers Montreal series in the playoff was just—it was so fun to watch. And um, you know, the playoffs last year. So was the Ducks in Edmonton because I was so mad at myself. I fell asleep on the couch and I missed Edmonton's comeback. I missed their three goals in, like, I don't know, minutes. I woke up, and I'm like, it's overtime. <laughs> and I'm like, holy, how did this happen? Um, but, you know, that, that's the, the and beauty of the playoffs is don't look sleep because you're good at something. Well, that, um, once again, that's that East Coast bias. You know, you don't pay attention to the Western Conference teams. <laughs> hey, I, I do enjoy my Western Conference teams. I, uh... They're just really late for me out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. That's what I mean. That's what the East Coast bias comes from because of the New York and Boston riders or whatever, you know, they they don't pay attention to what happens when they go to bed at 8 o'clock at night, you know, when the games are starting. Now, they haven't even really even, haven't even started out west. So, Right. Very true. Very true. So um, our other question, Chris, is can you give a rule change that you think might benefit the NHL in the next 10 years? A rule change that might benefit the NHL? Mm-hmm. One that they've actually made or one that, that I would like to see made? Either or. I, I would like... Completely uh, opinion-based. Okay. Well, I, I have I have an idea on this and I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's possible and it might ruin it might ruin your show a little bit, take take some topics away from your show. But I would like to see them clarify what is goaltender interference. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then we that was we like, like kill thirty minutes of our show because we we talked about that like <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it, it, still not clear on this. I still think they flip a coin somewhere. Uh, no. <laughs> that that would be my answer. Actually. Chris's real answer is he wishes the NHL would get rid of the screw the ranger button. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that button too. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get rid of, we got we gotta find a way to block that one. <laughs> like that Toronto game this past weekend, huh? Or earlier. I, almost, I think what Thursday. I almost, night. <laughs> I'm jumping the T V. That was the game right before it was right before the break. Oh my god. Right, Thursday night. <laughs> They take a goal away from the Rangers. They, and I still they don't took know the why. Game, <laughs> they took the game tying goal away because a guy was a skate offsides on the far end of the play that wasn't he wasn't he was going to the bench. He wasn't even involved in the play. Still offsides though. He's still offsides. Yeah, it is. Like, come on, dude. are you kidding me? <laughs> 
It's still offside. I mean, I have. I have seen all through my feed, even into this weekend, and, you know, hockey's been on their break. I still see my Rangers fans going, yep, screw the Ranger button, still in effect, <laughs> took away the game tying goal. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, this Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, if, I mean, I, I could see it if it was like, a, a, you know, a, a screwed up hooking call or, a, you know, it really is that interference, but I mean, when it's black and white like that, or blue and white like that, you know, and he was offside. So, I mean, there's there's a rule for that, right? Sorry, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, there is. That, that, that is the rule. You that. have to be onside, you know, regardless well, if you're involved with the play or not. It didn't come from the bench though. It came from up top. It came from up top, like the right. the Toronto bench. The, the Toronto bench was like, whatever, let, you know, whatever, wh- let's go. And then all of a sudden they were about to drop the puck, and they said, "Oh, we got we got bu- they got we got buzzed from upstairs that they need to take a look at it." Right. Right. And, like, and that's that's really? fine. Like you're. Well, how much time was really fine. Not very start, much. There was, there was. I think there was like five, five or six minutes left. Okay, so I think it's under ten that they, they uh, Toronto takes control of the the reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was. It was, it, was five. it just killed the whole game because the Rangers were down three-one. They come out, score a goal, and then like a minute later. They score another one, and you think, all right, they tied it up, and then all of a sudden they're about to drop the puck for – they're about to drop the puck. Everybody's screaming, all right, we're tied, and bam. The whole <laughs> place, the whole place, you could see you could see it on TV. The whole garden was just – right after, right after that, everybody <laughs> just died. And certain people got a text message with, I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny because I had just finished watching my game and I was going to find another game to flip it on. It's this I am from Chris, and it's like, I can't believe this. Do you believe this happened? I'm like, I can't see it. What happened? <laughs> so, yeah. It, and it's been going through my feet, so don't feel bad about that. Um, yeah, it, those things happen. I mean, we saw it in playoffs last year. We saw it in a couple of games this year. And it's really interesting because you're not seeing as many coaches challenge it this year because of the new rule um, where if you get it wrong, it's a penalty. Well, for offsides, yeah. Yeah. So that's why a lot of it is going to come from Toronto. I think I was watching one of the Western Conference games one night. It may have been Calgary playing but there was an offside play that counted as a good goal. And they're like puck dropping here in center ice. And next thing you know, the goal horn goes off. And somebody is like, oh, Toronto's buzzing in. And um, yeah, they'll buzz in and be like, hey, that was offside. They'll interrupt the game for it. And then you're kind of like, wow, this is crazy. And mm-hmm. you, know, you don't notice it because the game goes so fast. And even when we're watching it on TV, 
sometimes you're like, are you sure that's all size? Because I see white between his skate and the blue line, but apparently that's all size too because I've seen that a couple of times. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, but, no, I mean, yeah, the goalie interference thing, I know we beat that horse here on this show. But it, it's like it's not getting any better. Um, you still don't know what true goaltender interference is. Um, I guess it depends on who's calling the game that night. Yeah, I ha- I still have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, Jimmy I, I mean, doesn't I, know what it is. I have, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. And there, there's coins that are flipped in Toronto. And that's how goaltender affairs works. That's right. Because I've actually tested this three before. I've had Jimmy on the phone, and we've been watching the same game. And I'm like, they're like, oh, the coach is challenging for goalie interference. And I'm like, let me go grab my quarter, and I'll flip it. And sometimes it's right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's heads if it's goalie interference. It's tails if it's not. (laughs) That's how I play the game. (laughs) It's just it's a fun thing for me to do. You know, you're you're fifty fifty right either way. But um, real quickly, we have about seven minutes left here, and um, I, I wanted to let our listeners know that next week we will have a different number to call in to the show. Um, just and I've decided to branch off of on our own. Um, we're gonna be on a different station next week. I'm starting off the new year. Bigger and better things. Radio AFS has been very good to us. Um, we just think that it's time for us to kind of move on and see how far we can grow this. So if you guys have pens and papers ready, the uh, the number <laughs> next week will be... <laughs> what? I know, I'm an admin, sorry. Um <laughs> The number next week will be 516-418-5573. And you can find us on blogtalkradio.com backslash K as in Kim, J as in Jimmy, C as in Christopher, radio. And um, that's where our home will be on Facebook as well. Um, we will not be changing Facebook pages. And I will post that information up next week to the top, just like always. Um, like I said, it's been a wonderful two years with Radio AFS, but Jimmy and I have decided together that we would like to branch further and see how much further we can grow this show ourselves. Um, so I wanted to get that out within, you know, the last couple of minutes of this show. But, um, yeah, New Year's, guys. Hard to believe. Hard to believe it's going to be uh, January next week. Well, it's not really hard to believe here because it's like below zero. It's like eleven <laughs> right. below right now, so it's, it's it's definitely cold. It's it's that January is definitely here coming. So you know you can tell by the weather. So right. I know. You oh live, yeah, you can I know definitely. I live in the south, Jimmy, and it's cold there because it's like twenty. But you know, whatever. <laughs> You'll feel sorry for me when it's negative 30 with a negative 50 wind chill. <laughs> exactly. 
this is why I love calling your show. Because I was, I, was, I was complaining this morning about standing out, waiting for my boss to open the door when it was 10 degrees out, and Jimmy's telling me it's below zero. That makes me, that makes me feel okay about standing outside of 10-degree weather. Well, All right. You know what? We, I, I, we're, they're thinking we might get to be in double digits by Thursday or Friday of this week. Uh-oh. A heat, a heat, heat spell wave. Coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's a heat wave. Yeah, it's a yeah. heat wave for Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you, you know, you're, you're 10 degrees. That'd be warm here right now. So. Right. I would take 10 yeah. degrees. I'd be really happy with 10 degrees right now. Yeah. No doubt. Well, guys, um, we're here at the last four minutes, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, I want to thank, I want number. to thank I want to thank Jacob for all he has done for us for with AFS and um in the, that whole network and all the things that we have done together and I hope there's no hard feelings that we're moving on um and there's a lot of things behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know but um I hope he continues to support us and we will continue to support him. Exactly. Exactly. This is just something that Jimmy and I had talked about and we would like to, you know, branch out and grow our show um, a little bit further in a different direction. Um, so if you guys missed that, um, next week we'll be on um, KJC Radio. It's blogtalkradio.com backslash KJC Radio. And the phone number will be 516-418-5573. And, again, we've had a wonderful two years with Radio AFS, and um, we look forward to working with them in the future as well. Um, this isn't goodbye or farewell. This is just we're moving to a different state, and we're going to keep in touch. So, um, But besides that, I hope everybody has a wonderful and happy new year. Please be safe out there because we will be talking to you guys in January 2nd. Um, and, uh, you know, don't make any New Year's resolutions that you don't think you're going to be able to keep. I, uh, my New Year's resolution is continue to walk you, so I know I'm going to keep that one. <laughs> but, well, I made a re- yeah. New Year's res- resolution like seven, eight years ago to um, quit quitting things on New Year's, and I've been able to to pretty much hold on to that one. So that's that's mine. I'm very glad to hear it. Very glad to hear it. Um but Chris, yeah, thank you again for calling in. Um it's been oh. wonderful having you on the show and we hope to continue to work with you and talk with you. So um I'm I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. So uh, my final thought is have a safe new year. Enjoy. Hockey is back tomorrow. Trade freeze in sometime tomorrow, 12.01 a.m. I think Jimmy's right. It's the 27th into the 28th that it ends. Um, should be a lot of uh, coming soon. Since we're going to be turning that calendar, and towards the end of January, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more. But 
That's my final thoughts. Jimmy, do you have any? No, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Chris will be talking to you next week. Definitely.